Many companies have allowed their employees to go back to work in the office. But COVID has changed how we work forever. Zoom has been great, but can it ever replace us working in the office environment? And what if you have plans to invest in a strata commercial office, be a mini landlord and rent out to small companies? How would you go about forming your strategy to be a successful landlord? If you're interested in the strata commercial space, you'll love this episode. I want to give a special shout out to our Instagram page. If you have yet to follow us there, what are you waiting for? Follow our cute little coconut for great reminders, content snippets, and great vibes to perfume your day. We know you'll love it as we expand our ecosystem to journey with you every step along the way. So come on to the Financial Coconut Instagram page now. Tag us whenever you see some interesting stuff and help grow our community together. Link is in the description below. Welcome back to another day on the Coconut Avenue. Join us as we explore various property insights, investment strategies, and challenging property myths out there today. We'll be bringing on investors and experts in the game to share with us their insights and stories to better prepare us for our journey. Whether you're looking at your first property or building your bucket of gold through properties, there's something for you here. Ultimately, it's about helping you find your unique game plan. Our guest today is Jacqueline again because she's also very experienced in the strata commercial property sector and she's back with us today to give us some insights about this sector. Let's go! I think you, you spend a lot of time with shop houses mm. and that's how you start, you know, in mm. your early days, right? Mm. But strata commercial is something that, you mm. know, um, people don't really talk about it. Mm. It feels like something there to die, mm. you know, like like uh, Beauty World, Golden Mile, you know, it's mm. kind of very, very old building. Mm. And there's mm. nothing going on, Fulu Show Complex, those kind of stuff, very yes. old buildings. But recently, I'm seeing a little bit of rejuvenation in the space, right? Where um, if they don't on block, mm. there are interesting operators that will want to, mm. you know, potentially come in. Mm. You know, um, do you have some thoughts in this space? Like what is going on in mm. this uh, strata commercial area? Maybe how I'll approach this question is let's talk about the end user first, right? The target market. You have mentioned there are interesting concepts who wants to go into the strata office. What's that incentive for them to go in? That incentive is because the strata office market, the rent is more affordable. And hence, you want to go in and anchor the space and change a new concept. You can't afford to pay $8.00. So you pay $6 to try out a new concept, right? That's, what, that, that's why there is the end user trying to spot and see that space. Same location again, $8 if you rent from, say, the big boys, mm. $6 you rent from a strata owner. Mm. Then it brings to the next question. Strata owner because it's not one single ownership. Everybody can have different holding costs. So I share with you, I know this uncle, he holds uh, a lot of strata offices. His take is, if everybody is asking for 8,000, I will ask for 6,005. Mm. Then I say, why? You see, because once I get in that 6,005, he's not going to leave me and one day I will get back and slowly crawl back to $8,000. <laughs> but I need to make myself attractive mm, among other. Mm. So your competition as a strata owner really depends 
who else is holding this asset together with you? Are they all empty at the same time? Mm. Are they vacant at the same time? Is their asking price able to drop? If everybody drop, you also have to drop. So mm. it's hard to predict rent structure, mm. right? Uh, or your financial modeling. But again, strata office works. Why? It's because actually if you really look at Singapore property owners, all the commercial offices are held by your REITs, mm-hmm, your big player. Mm-hmm. Ascenders, Capital yeah. Land. You know. Yes. Yeah. And their floor plates are 15,000, 20,000 per floor plate. Mm. If you are a 10% company or 20% company, you need a 2,000 square feet space. You go to the big landlord, they say you either take 15,000 <laughs> or else I don't have much of the capacity. Some probably would have 5,000, but too small a space they don't really have. And so the strata officers do work because it helps smaller companies able to anchor the space, mm. right? If not otherwise, you realize that there's a, there's a search in family officers, right? Yes. Family officers only operate five, six, seven people. Mm. They cannot go to co-working because they are sensitive. They are managing family funds. They need a proper office. So would they then go to your big four and ask for a 5,000 square feet space just to house seven people? (laughs) They can't. Mm. So there is that demand out there. Mm. So I think that Strata Office has its demand. Uh, But location also plays a very important point. How many fragmented owners are there in the entire building? Is your location something that people want to? Like international building, it's a strata office, but most of it are not empty. Suntec City is a strata office. It's not empty. There is demand up there. Mm. Unlike your other strata office that... Like Havelock 2 or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know you cannot name names. I know. I know. Yeah. So essentially, I get what you're saying because there's a general disdain for strata today, mm. right? A lot of people are saying like, ah, Strata Commercial mm. Strata Office is up to, mm. you know, it's like you buy this, right? You're just empowering the landlord in that mm. sense. Right? Empowering the developer, right? Developer mm. make money mm. after they buy and redo the whole thing. Mm. But then you as the last leg as a retail investor, you can't make that Mm. that profit mm. right so so what you're saying is if you go into a strata commercial area mm. where rental rates are pretty high mm. then you have you know strategic you know uh, rental numbers that you can actually bang on mm. compared to if you go into a place that's totally new mm. right like a new redevelopment and then you know they're selling it you know mm. they cut it up piece and pieces mm. this will be a bit harder because there is no basis for rent in that sense. So like a lot of competition, yes. then your your numbers will not work. So, so ultimately, it begs to location, who is the end user? Is there such a demand versus the supply? If I'm a strata owner, if I want to buy a strata office, okay, 500, 1,000, 2,000, I will go and extract data from aircraft to see how many entrepreneurs are setting up business in a year. Mm. And I think uh, uh, you, you take your own calculated risk. What kind of sector is that? Are they a 5%, 7%, 10%? What is the demand out of that? Would they come in? Would they pay $6? If you buy this at how much? Would they pay you this amount? If it does, 
so it's a it's a whole entire study of that. But again, strata office work if you are a family office, you have money and you don't want to be the landlords you don't want to be succumb to the landlord <laughs> rising of interest. Mm. Then you buy a, a strata office and you operate yourself and then this is a premises that you own. Mm. And that makes uh, uh, very good sense, right? So there are a lot of end users who buy strata offices. If you want to buy it for investment purpose, then you have to look at who is the demand, what kind of price, what kind of you. Are you fighting with a lot of people getting the demand? Nice. Yeah. Same principles. Yeah. Yes. Same as strong houses, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's the... Yeah. Okay, okay. And then um, just a little bit curious mm. on like, how are you seeing the commercial space change in mm. that sense of like, exactly like you point out, a lot of the big commercial spaces are helped by big developers mm. and they're not they're not here to chop it up, right? They're going to rent you the whole thing. Mm. Um, and then there's the whole move to remote working. Mm. So being like deep in the space, mm. how are you seeing commercial spaces like mm. change in terms of the user profile, mm. in terms of like what is the kind of demand that we're looking at? Mm. You know, is it really like the death of the office? You know, <laughs> like really made office now? Is, is, that, is that where we're heading towards? Okay. So interestingly, I think for the commercial office spaces, I see a shift of mentality towards co-working spaces. I find that co-working spaces in the past, right, it's either for startup, you want a temporary kind of space, you go in, and then after that, you shift up to a more permanent space when your business has traction. That's how it all started, right? Yes. But now I see that co-working space are actually a flexible working space. Mm. It allows flexibility even for MNC. And we do see that MNC are looking into taking up flexible working space in such an operator to house a particular division. It may be MNC wanting to come to Singapore uh, to start out a division or they want to separate team A, team B for for situation we can't we can't process. Okay. So back to owners. They realize that in a particular building, I may want to have spaces for flexible arrangement. In the past, landlord doesn't want to do a short term because we can't do financial projection for a long run. Right? We are in it for the long space. I do a 10-year projection. Mm. If I have to six months, six months, six months, then how do I account for how much vacancy do I have in between these six months? But interestingly, the bigger landlords realize that, no, I think flexible spaces are there to stay. I want to recreate my offices. I probably turn two or three floors to flexible spaces able to give you a six months or one year kind of space. And then when you're stable, don't worry, I got <laughs> I got another floor upstairs. Mm-hmm. Then you sign a three years lease. And they just they just move the tenant depending on what growth stage you are to different floors. <laughs> <laughs> they build a whole ecosystem there. Yeah. If you want a 2000 3000 ah, I've got level 2 and 3, which is flexible space, I can house you here. By the time you need a 5,000 square feet, don't worry, 
I have a office at the sixth floor to cater for five thousand, and then when you are a tech company, exponentially you grow out of your number. Move to my twenty floor, you have the sixteen thousand square feet of space. So we see that in in um the change of mindset in the big uh, office landlord. Uh, they are looking ways to to be flexible in terms of their entire office building. So, office landlords are also pivoting and changing. <laughs> <laughs> changing their strategy. Yes. Okay. Or if not, then they will bring in, they will collaborate and joint venture with a co-working like operator. Leave, yeah, mm. and you operate for me, but we do a joint venture so that if I got demand, I can also house in my office building. What essentially the office landlords are doing is that we know that offices or tenants may downsize, but when they are back in their growth mode, they may upsize also. So let's create something more flexible. Let's not go out in the market and say, I only have 15,000 square feet space. Nice, interesting. Coconuts, if you're someone who wants to learn how to pick stocks to make passive income, this is for you. The fifth person has created a dividend investing program that teaches you how to invest for income while avoiding the companies that will go bankrupt. Thousands of people have already taken their program and are getting between 8 to 12% each year. They've just opened up a whole new intake and if you sign up through us, you'll be getting access to our members back end too, which is focused on the very thing you're interested in, investing. Learn more at thefinancialcoconut.com slash dividend. That's thefinancialcoconut.com slash dividend. Link is in the description below. And, and in this process, right, um, give me a general idea if I'm a small, you know, uh, guy that potentially want to enter this, like, co-working space kind of mm. structure or if I want to buy, like, a small commercial um, uh, space to, mm. to convert into an office. Mm. Right. Um. What What are my tenants gonna look like, and what do they really look out for? It cannot just be sweet sweet place, right? Mm. <laughs> what mm. What are some basic infrastructure that I have to, I have if to. If you want have? to. If I want to start a office space, that means I'm a small investor. You I'm gonna buy. buy yeah, I'm gonna buy like a B one in in the show. Okay. I'm gonna convert this whole place to become like you know recently yeah. very popular, right? Yeah. Uh, convert into small working space and all that, right? So what will my client profile look like, and what do they look out for? You know, if someone's renting an office. Okay, uh, so if I am an investor, I want to purchase a shop, uh, a strata office. Uh, and then I want to be a mini landlord la. Yeah, essentially right? like Everybody tune in to want to be mini landlord la. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay yes. So what you have to do is If I were to play a game of a strata office And I buy a strata office With a lot of people buying at the same time I know when it comes to leasing demand I have a lot of competitor to fight with Hence what I'll do is I'll think it more creatively and differently. Don't sit there just to wait your tenant going to come to you or your agent is going to find you a good tenant without negotiating the price, right? Mm. Ask yourself, can I then say, if I have a 500 square feet space, this occupier is going to come in as a very, very small startup. Cost is an issue. 
can I fix a ni nicer lighting, make sure that the electrical points are all nicely laid out. He don't need to come in a higher capex value uh, just to sign a two-year lease. Can I make it ready for him to move in? Can I make him faster to settle into the office space? How much would that cost me? Mm. If you can, and that cost, if you divide it and it makes sense for you, then do it because you are going to stand out from the rest of the competition. Mm. Essentially, if you want to buy a, a, a office space and it makes sense and the, the say the per square feet all makes sense, right? What you have to do is then make sure your product is good enough to capture a tenant and make sure you have a good relationship with your tenant. Mm. Because you are concentration risk, you have tenant concentration risk. You have one shop, one, one tenant, tenant that one tenant is going to pay your bank. They are your boss, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So make sure that your relationship with that tenant is good. On and off, take a look what I ask the tenant to win. <laughs> yeah. Treat them for coffee. Ah, send hamper during New Year. <laughs> All those things still work, right? Of course. Treat them for coffee, get them mm. and understand their business and see how they are growing. So don't mm. be just a passive owner. Whichever asset that you that I feel people out there are buying, don't be just passive, looking for passive income. Mm. There must be some work to be done. Else, find an operator who doesn't mind to be the hard work and then, you know, you <laughs> nah, collaborate you <laughs> together with them. Like, it, my own personal capacity, I bought an overseas asset thinking that it's, it's, it's affordable and stuff, you know, that, that dream retirement home or holiday <laughs> home that you mm, mm, purchased. Mm, mm. Then you realize, but you don't know the agent out there. You mm. don't know who is the best agent that is going to get you a good tenant. Then you get a tenant, the agent call you and say, Miss Wang, your aircon spoil, it costs $500. I, I don't know why is the market price. Mm, 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 mm. So... What would I do? I will look to work, collaborate together. Mm. Are there good property manager out there? Mm. Yeah. Can they be a... Uh, can I work together with an agent? Mm. Yeah. Okay, that, that makes sense. Especially when you're managing it remotely, right? You're not remotely. around there. You don't know what's going on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think from what we heard, mm. you know, throughout all this, I think there's one common mm. lining, mm. which is, you know, if you want to do great business, you have to be empathetic, uh. You have to think from the demand side first. You can always think of, I want to earn fast money or things like that. Yes. Is that even fast money in property? <laughs> <laughs> so much capital into the thing. It's an efficient market. Mm, mm. So, and especially in Singapore. When you say efficient market, indirectly you're saying there's no loopholes, right? <laughs> so today you can find a value proposition very fast if the barrier entry is not high other players will come in. Mm, so mm. it's if it's efficient. So what's going to start in the long run if you are in for the long game is to make yourself different from others. Go down to holding on your tenants. Go down to understanding who your target market is. I still feel that it's back to marketing principle. Nice. Yeah. nice. Okay, cool. Mm. If anybody wants to be a first-time property buyer, mm. any last... <laughs> Any, I think you already said a lot already, but any last juice, like if, okay, today, envision me, okay? Mm. 
35 years old. I've worked uh, many years, mm. gotten my HDB. Now I got mm. extra cash sitting around. Right? Mm. And then I subscribe to this idea that, oh yeah, maybe I want to be a landlord. I want to you know, make mm. money from property and mm. um, I cannot afford to buy residential because mm. residential has its own game. Mm. And I'm thinking of like, strata or like commercial you know smaller mm. commercial spaces mm. what is your advice for me my advice for you is make sure you have the ability and capability to fund your interest payment and your your bank financing okay because then you won't get uh, pressured into getting just any tenant so work out that you are comfortable, then go and look at how to differentiate your product and get your target market. Mm. Don't be a strata, don't look at strata retail because some are uh, more ganjong than others. They go and get money ginger and, and then you see what well, first floor all money ginger. Mm, mm. Yeah. Because there is pressure to pay mm, the bank. Mm. Whatever tenant that come in, you take. Mm. Sounds like the arcade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be. It's okay. This one is I say one. I say one. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for joining okay, us. Had thank a great you. Time. Appreciate it. Awesome. Hey, thanks for taking time to tune in. I hope you have learned a little bit more about property investing today. If you feel like you have benefited from this podcast, do share this with your loved ones. And also do follow us on all our socials and join our community telegram group and tell us what you're interested to know about next. Everything is in the description below. Have a great day ahead guys and always remember when we are better prepared, the next opportunity is just around the corner. See you next week. Do you hear what I hear in how Jacqueline manages her properties? I hope it's a yes. What I want to point out is you can see a recurring theme in how she manages her properties. And the recurring theme is she always puts her clients first. If you believe in building long-term business relationships, don't go for the shortcuts. Always serve your clients better than what they expected. Always value add them. If you can do a certain thing to remove their worry or to lower their expense, do it. Because it will really impact long-term business. And this is definitely something she has impressed upon us today. I think she also mentioned the same thing last week. COVID has definitely brought changes to how we work. But I think, as many people would agree, it's hard to work effectively at home. The working environment is just different. Being with people, having serendipitous idea exchanges, it just cannot be replicated on Zoom. Find the right tenants. Sounds simple, but I can assure you, I, I know a lot of people out there, they just don't do that. So yeah, if you ever have thoughts of buying a property space and to rent it out as an office to small companies, come back to listen to this episode. There's a lot of good juice here. And that's all for this week, folks. I'll see you next week.